This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. Well, good evening, Christian Family Church. It's so good to be with you tonight, to, to be able to share the Word of God with you, to encourage you, and to allow the Lord to remind you of a couple of things. We're talking about faith this evening, and, and in keeping with our theme for this month, which is Fresh Start, I believe strongly in my heart that it's important for us to just relook at the fundamentals of faith. You know what I find in my own personal life is that often I may be in a, in a bit of a situation or need something from God, and I'll immediately turn to like my own plan to see what can I do in order to make that happen. It's so easy for us to forget how to activate our faith and to unleash our faith and, and rather just try and make a different plan and simple things uh, and, and for big things uh, for both alike. So I, I trust that you'll be blessed tonight. Thank you so much for joining us. It's a great honor for me to share this word with, uh, with you. And I thank Apostle Theo and, and Pastor Bear for the, the trust that they put in me in order to feed the sheep of Christian Family Church. Let's pray, family. Father, thank you tonight that as every person is tuned in and, and listening, Father, to this word concerning a fresh start, a new look, a reminder of the power that we have inside of us, not because we've put it there, not because we've willed it there, but, Father, because you have put it there. And so I thank you, Lord, that as this word goes, goes forth, that people are encouraged, and I'm encouraged, and that we just are reminded about the faith that you have given us and that we put it into action. And I com completely rely on you tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, praise God. You know, we're talking this morning, uh, this evening, excuse me, about the importance of faith. And so the title of my message is to take three steps, just three steps to unleash your faith. The reason why I say three steps is not because I want to share a recipe with you, but I want you to grasp how easy it is, just three steps to unleash your faith. And we'll see through the teaching tonight just how powerful that faith can be and how much God trusts in the faith that he has placed inside of you. So let's just have a look firstly at the importance that the Bible places on faith. I think that's important for us to understand. And so let's look here in Romans chapter 1, verses 17. The Bible says that the righteous shall live by faith. Wow, that's a big statement. The righteous, God's children, those that follow him and believe in him, the Bible says that we are to live by faith. So faith and our very lives here on earth are so tightly intertwined that as far as God's concerned, we're not really gonna live if we don't live in faith. The second scripture that I wanna look at is Romans 3, 22, and it says, we are made right with God. Some other translations talk about we have right standing or righteousness, okay? So we are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. So the word says that the, the mere fact that you are made right with God, and I just want to share something about that word being made right or, or to be righteous or to have right standing. If you look at that word in the Greek, it's the word dikaiosune, and I love the way that this word is the definition, really, of this word. It says this, dikaiosune, the state of him who is as he ought to be. Listen, the state of him who is as he ought to be, the condition acceptable to God. So by faith, we are in the state that we ought to be, not by our own doing or our own works, but by faith, and we are in the conditional, the condition, excuse me, acceptable to God. This all happens by faith. 
I'm sure you'll agree with me that faith is very important for us in this life. And there's so many other scriptures, but perhaps you're sitting there and you're thinking, you know what, Paul, as far as I'm concerned, or sometimes the way that I feel, I feel like when God was handing out faith, I was at the back of the queue. And when he got to me, the bag that he was dealing the faith out of was empty. And I just had to walk away with nothing. I don't know if you've ever felt that way. Maybe you've exercised faith before and, and you've lately. It just feels like, you know what, I've used all the faith that I have. I've run out of faith. Well, here's good news for you that everybody, the Bible says that to everybody has been given a measure of faith. And in fact, the Bible uh, measures that faith. It helps us to understand just how small that measurement is. And that's found in Matthew chapter 17, verses 20. Jesus said to them, assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, he's saying, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, be removed from here to there, and it will move. Listen, and nothing will be impossible for you. So that's the good news that I have for you is that God says, listen, you have a measure of faith. It might be small in the biggest scheme of things. As far as seeds go, it's like the smallest seed that there is. But Jesus said that nothing will be impossible for you. So here you can take heart and know that the impossibilities that you are facing right now, they are only temporary. It means that they are subject to change. Why? Because you have faith, even though it's only the size of a mustard seed, God says you can cause every one of your circumstances to change. And that to me is good news. So let's have a look at three steps that we can use to unleash our faith. We're going to look at these steps taught through the life of somebody very prominent in the Bible. That person is Abraham. Just by looking at, at something that happened in his life, we can easily see that what these three steps are, and they are doable. They're not rocket science. They're so easy to do. In fact, for some of you that I'm speaking to right now, already you're knowing, you're naming them. These are the things that we, these are the three steps. I remember doing this in a certain course, the Christian Growth Seminar here at Christian Family Church. Well, this is a good time for you to be reminded of that because let me tell you something, folks, I need to be reminded of that often. I mean, there are times where I completely forget to implement these steps. Can you believe it? Anyhow, I can, I can. All right, so let's have a look at Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 to 4. It says, Now the Lord said to Abram, Get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation, God says to Abraham. He says to him, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your enemies great, and you, Abraham, or Abram at the time, will be a blessing goes on to say, so Abram departed as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. And Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. So God spoke to him. The Bible says that he was a certain age when that happened. And then it says that he obeyed God. So let's just have a look at that. Let's just break this real down, uh, down real quick. The Lord said to Abram, I will cause you to become the father of a nation or the father of a great multitude. God himself right here is exercising faith over Abraham's life or Abram's life. Because at that point in time, in the physical, that was not the case. Not by a long shot. He didn't even have a child. So how could he be called the father of a nation? And God said that I will bless you and I will make you famous and I will make, your blessing, I will make you a blessing to others. Well, he really is famous because we're speaking about him now. And I think most people listening to me, not, if not all, have heard of Abram or Abraham. 
And then in verse four, we see that Abram departed and he took Lot with him. The important thing here is that he obeyed God. And here's what I want, to, I want you to see about that is that to be in faith is to be in obedience. Just think about that for a moment. If, if God had spoken to Abram and he didn't believe that God would take him to a new land that he was going to show him, remember, he didn't tell him where to go. He just said, get out of Haran. I will show you where you're going. And then he told him that he would be blessed and the father of, of many nations. If he didn't believe that, he would never have left Haran. I mean, he didn't even know where he was going. So here's the, the thing that I want us to grab hold of is that obedience is an act of faith. Obedience is an act of faith. Secondly, Abram was 75 years old when he left Haran. Now, you and I know that it would take a miracle for two people, a husband and wife, in their uh, late 70s to still fall pregnant and have a child, right? That would take a miracle. But you see, the God that we serve is a God of miracles. Notice that God told Abram that he would have children when he was 75 years old. Oh, I hope the Lord doesn't tell me that when I'm 75 years old. But you see, here's what we need to see is this, is that God doesn't look at your circumstances the way that you look at your circumstances. In fact, I want to say that you need to start looking at your circumstances the way that God looks at your circumstances. That's exactly what he did with Abram. Now, approximately eight years later, God again appears to Abram. And in Genesis 15, this is what he says to him. He says, Oh, the Bible says, then the Lord brought Abram outside beneath the sky and he told him, look up into the heavens and count the stars if you can. Your descendants will be like that, too many to count. And then in verse six, Abram, who is approximately 83 years old at this time, says that he believed the Lord and the Lord declared him to be righteous because of his faith. Now, notice the following uh, about what we've seen in Genesis 15. When God says will be, that's talking about future tense. In fact, Isaac had not yet been born. This is now eight years later from the first time that God appeared to Abram, right? Science has also confirmed that the naked eye can't really count more than 2,000 stars. So what God was doing is he was taking Abram outside. He wanted to show him. He wanted him to begin to see and realize that what he has said is going to come to pass. So he made him count the stars. He had already challenged him and said, if you can. Of course, he knew he couldn't. And he said, your descendants will be that many, Abram more than you can count. Abram, you will not be able to count your descendants. And Abram believed the Lord, the Bible says, and it was counted, or God saw him to be righteous. Why? Because of his faith. You see, all God wants is your faith. Say that, say, all that God wants is my faith. And faith only came to Abram after he heard God say, I will make you the father or at least your descendants will be like the stars in the sky. Only then did faith come to Abram. He had to hear God saying that, and we'll touch on that a little bit later on. But let's just quickly look at what the Bible declares faith to be. Perhaps there's some out there wondering, now what is this faith actually? Well, the Bible gives us an excellent uh, definition of faith in Hebrews chapter 11, verses one, and this is what it says. It says, now faith is the substance and you can just in brackets over there in your mind, or if you're taking notes, just write the word title deed. Those are two words, actually. Title deed. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, and faith is the evidence of things not seen. Let me talk to you just for a moment about this title 
deed. If you think about a title deed, what is the purpose of a title deed? Well, the title deed is really something to prove that you are the owner of whatever that title deed is referring to. So if you were given property in another country, for example, let us say you inherited a piece of land and, and you were mailed by the lawyers the title deed with your name and everything on that and the lot and the land uh, and the details and all of that. You wouldn't need to physically step on that land in order to be the owner. You wouldn't have to see it with your own two eyes in order to be declared the owner. That title deed is sufficient. It's more than enough to prove that you are the owner of that land. In fact, that title deed will stand up in a court of law. The judge himself would not need to be flown to that country and shown the physical piece of land. The title deed would serve sufficiently to prove that you are the owner. And that's what God's trying to tell us as far as faith is concerned and his word. He's saying that his word, the promises in his word are the title deed to prove and that's all that you need. I want you to say this after me. Say God's word right there in your homes. God's word is my title deed that says I have what I'm believing God for. So then how does faith come? And how do we grow or increase our faith or, or put into action or unleash as we uh, are talking about in this message tonight? How do we do that? Well, let's look at Romans chapter 10, verse 17 to get some insight on that. The Bible says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So that's how faith comes. Firstly, it comes by hearing, so we have to be hearing. And the Bible says, what do we have to be hearing in order for faith to come? We have to be hearing the word of God. So notice the following. It says, well, uh, it comes is in the continuous sense. So that's all the time. And hearing also is in the continuous sense. And God has put that there deliberately so that we don't once listen to something that he said and never again have to hear it because faith would have come and we would ride the rest of our lives out on that bit that we heard those many years ago. No, we could almost say that yesterday's word was yesterday's faith. God wants, to, wants you to continuously be in his word. That's why he designed it that way. In order for faith to come, we have to continuously be hearing the word of God. So now, talking about these three steps to unleash our faith, let's look at the first step. Step number one is to find a scripture where God says that you can have the thing that you desire. Have you got a scripture? Is there something already in your life that you know you need uh, from God? Have you got a scripture for that? Well, that's what we need to do. If faith comes by hearing the word, then it stands to reason that without a scripture, which is the word, that we would not be able to get faith. And so it's important that we find a promise where God tells us that we can have the thing that we want. If it's provision, for example, I can give you a scripture. It's Matthew 6, 33. It tells us, God says that if you seek first his kingdom, all these things will be added unto you. And if you go and read Matthew chapter 6, you'll see what all those things include. And it's things that we need on a daily basis. But he says that he will add them to you. If you put him first, so that's a good scripture as far as God's provision in your life is concerned to cause faith to come. Now, how do I know if God wants me to have the thing that I'm asking for? Maybe that was an easy one, Paul. That's provision, clothes, and that sort of thing. But my stuff is, is more specific. How do I know? Or maybe there's something I desire, but I'm not quite sure if that's what God wants me to have. How will I know? Well, God's will is 
his word. And in 1 John 5, 14, it says, now this is the confidence, listen, this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. If you want to have confidence in God and, and confidence in the fact that your faith uh, will produce what it is that you desire, then uh, God says that we need to ask according to his will. So when you know what God desires for you, then your faith will already be further charged or much more charged, just knowing this, God wants me to have this. And it will help you to go through that uh, uh, trusting God. Now, uh, I can tell you that uh, knowing God is one of the values that we have here at Christian Family Church. And God, he said, is his will. And his will is God. And as Pastor Johnny shared this morning, uh, quite uh, clearly how important the values are in our church. The first one being knowing God, this happens through church services. Another way that you can know God's will is through Bible college. I heard Apostle Theo say earlier on tonight and this morning that he senses that we should enroll in Bible college because there, there's, you know, the troubles aren't going to go away. It's going to probably get even worse. And the time is now to, to build your house. And, and what better way to do that than to, to come on to Bible college and there you will be exposed to the scriptures and actually start to delve into them and learn topics like this and many others. So I want to encourage you, enroll on Bible college. It will increase your faith. Step number two, we need to pray and we need to receive the moment that we prayed. You see, the unbelieving world says that seeing is believing and, and unless they can see it, they're not going to believe it. But God's word teaches the exact opposite. God says that believe, believing is seeing. So it's not presumptuous or ridiculous to believe and receive before we're actually seeing it. No, you know what that is? That's faith, folks. In Mark eleven twenty four, Jesus said, Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. So I like to call this the ABS principle. The ABS principle. Ask, believe, and you shall receive. You can repeat that to yourself. Hey, listen, I need to implement the ABS principle. Ask, believe, and God says that I shall receive. Now, if you truly believe that you've received something, you're not going to ask God for it a second time, right? A part, listen to me, a part of the demonstration of your faith to yourself and to God is to ask once and then just continue to thank God that you have received it. That's a good faith attitude to have. Now, Abraham, he followed these initial steps. He received the word of the Lord and then he believed that word. The Bible says that he had faith and that God declared him to be righteous. However, applying just step one and step two wasn't enough in order for Abraham to see God's promise fulfilled in his life. You see, there's not enough just to see. It wasn't enough just to see the physical manifestation. So let's just quickly go back and have a look at, at Abram. In Genesis chapter 17, verses 1, it says, When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, No longer shall your name be called Abram, but you shall now be called Abraham, for I have made you the father of many nations. You see, God gave him the promise. The Bible says that he believed God. But God needed Abram to start declaring it. He knew if he wasn't doing that, he wasn't going to see that thing fulfilled. So what did God do? All right, he gave him the picture with the stars. He said, boy, come out here and count those stars. You can't count them, right? Well, you're not going to be able to count your descendants. 
But then God needed Abram to start speaking that. So he appeared to him and he said to him, I'm changing your name to Abraham. And from that moment on, wherever he went, he would declare himself to be the father of a multitude or the father of many nations. Whenever he introduced himself, that's what he did. He said, I'm the father of many nations. So he sought in the stars. He heard it from God, but he began to declare it too. So step one, find a promise in the word that says you can have the thing that you're trusting God for. Secondly, pray and receive the moment that you've prayed and believe that you have it then already. And that takes us to our third step, which is to confess with our mouth and say, I believe that I have it now. Those are the three steps that you can take to unleash your faith. If it worked for Abraham, it will work for you. If it worked for Apostle Theo, many, many times, it will work for you. Not because we've decided to put this together. No, because God made it so obvious in his word. And there's so many other scriptures to confirm what we have said this evening. But you need to tell others what God has done for you. You need to confess or at least understand that confession is an action of faith. The Bible says that faith without works is dead. Many people believe to make silly decisions, that would be or hasty decisions. That's considered to be the work. Let me make it easy for you folks. Declaring that you believe you have it, that is a work in itself that goes together with faith. And those two together create what God says, that faith without works is dead. Just by confessing, confessing that is an action. Mark eleven twenty three. Jesus said, For assuredly I say to you, Whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. This is such a key scripture. I think for most people here at Christian Family Church, they know the scripture so well. And it's one that I base my life on. And so let's just notice something about this. When Jesus told us that in Mark, he said that we should say three times in that scripture. And he only said that we should believe once. I think it's quite clear what Jesus is trying to say is that you need to speak more than what you believe. You have to say it more than just believing in your heart. And Numbers 14 confirms this truth. God says in Numbers 14, Assuredly as I live, declares the Lord, I will do to you the very things I heard you say. So it's important for God, not just for Abraham, it's important for you, that you saying what you believe God has done for you. See, Christians who truly understand faith are very careful what they say, even in adverse circumstances. Too many people believe, yet they do not speak or confess or declare what it is that they believe. And I believe that tonight, just by hearing that, God has sparked something in your heart. Maybe there's a little bit of conviction that's coming. You're thinking, you know what? Wow, I have these things that I'm trusting God for, but I've actually stopped speaking about them. In fact, I'm speaking about the very opposite. And God tonight is just reminding you subtly because he loves you, that he needs you to speak that which you are believing. You see, and then if we look at Genesis 21 verses 2, Sarah became pregnant and bore a son to Abraham in his old age, Abraham in his old age at the very time that God had promised him. And we'll see in, in verse uh, uh, 5 of, of chapter 21 that Abraham, Abraham was 100 years old. So when God came to him and changed his name to Abraham, the Bible says we read that he was 99. When he began to declare that, within three months, things started to happen. 
There was a fusion that took place. Faith and the natural came together and there was an explosion. And life returned to Abraham's body and life returned to Sarah's body. And as Apostle Theo says, they were singing, oh, happy days are here again. We know what it took, right? There was that step, that other action that was needed in order for this to be fulfilled in their lives. But the point is, and here's what I want you to see about this, okay? God first started speaking to him when he was 75. Eight years later, he appeared again to him and showed him the sky. Then when he was 99, he came and changed his name. And here's the truth that I want you to grab out of this. What Abram could not do in 24 years by just believing, God did in three months when Abraham combined what he believed with speaking or with the spoken word. So I trust that you are gonna go around speaking what it is that you are trusting God for and believing and you begin to declare what it is that you know God has done for you. So let's just summarize. Number one, find a scripture in the Bible that says that you can have what it is that you're trusting God for. Romans 10, 17 tells us that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Secondly, pray and receive. Mark eleven twenty four. whatever you ask, when you pray, believe that you receive it and you shall have it. You shall have it. And thirdly, confess what you have. Romans 4, 17, God calls those things that be not as though they were. So you're doing exactly what he did. Remember when I began tonight, we read already and, and discussed a little bit that God already declared over Moses who he would be, that he would be the father of a multitude. He was only 75 back then. Already that was a miracle. To even think that way, I think for a, a human was just beyond, but God already saw that when he was 75. That's amazing. God sees things that you don't see. Just take his word at it and trust the Lord. And then do, as Romans 4, 17 says, God calls those things that be not as though they were. Was God lying when he said this? No. When God says something, it's automatically created. It can't be a lie once God says it. So as long as I'm saying what God is saying, that's why it's so important to get that scripture. Then I'm not telling a lie. I'm just declaring in faith. It's not a lie. In Apostle Theo's book, the power of words, he shares a testimony that I heard for the first time back in, in the 1990s. And I tell you, I was rocked by that testimony. It's about a job that he was trusting God for. And he applied Mark 11, 23 and 24 and John 16, 23 and 24. He went before God and he put in a prayer before God what it is that he was trusting for. And in his book, and you should get his book. If you roll in Bible college, you can get your book as part of your material. Okay, Paul. The point is that Apostle Theo lays out very cl clearly and uh, over a number of pages the testimony of what he was believing God for this job. And I'll tell you, there were some elements of this job that were like, he clearly wasn't thinking it through when he put it down. Like starting on the 1st of January, who asked to start a job on the 1st of January? Apostle Theo does, and that's what happened. Now, when I heard that for the first time, I was looking for a job. I needed to move into a new area in my life, something that I had a desire to do. And um, I took to heart what Apostle Theo shared that night. And I went home and, I, and we were given a card and I wrote down my prayer request and I did the same thing. I had a job. I wanted to do software training. That's what I had a desire, a desire to do. And I, and I put down the salary that I wanted to earn and I put down that I wanted a company car. He did that. I thought, no, I also want a company car. And mine was an Opel Astra 1600 IE. Back in those days, it was a cool car. And, um, 
And so I put my things down and I used Mark 11, 23 and 24 and John 16, 23 and 24. Those were the scriptures that I applied. And I prayed. I remember I was still living with my parents at the time and I was in the, in the driveway. I prayed the prayer and I believe I received it right there. And I declared to the Lord, I believe I received it. I thank you for it. And Apostle Theo, what he tells, and I really encourage you to go and read his testimony. He says that he would walk around every day and tell people at the current job that he had what his new job was all about. Now, where I was working at the time, I was just uh, sort of recruited on a part-time basis to do some finishing touches on a, on a business that I'd worked for it before, a company that liquidated, and they just asked me if I wouldn't mind just to come help and wrap things up. And so I had no one to talk to. I was the only one in this big building. So you know what I did is I went to the boardroom. In those days, you could still get a telephone director, a big, thick one that was given to you once a year. And in the boardroom, I would go, I'd just page randomly to any page and I would find a number and I would dial the number and some people would answer other times, the number just, it just rang. But I was determined to tell 10 people a day. And so when people did answer, I'd say, hey, do you mind if I just tell you about a great new job that I got? Some people said, listen, I don't wanna buy anything and put the phone down. Other people said, yeah, sure, tell me. And I would share with them. And you know, by doing that 10 times a day, I used to get so excited. By the 10th call, I was really excited. So I can understand how Abraham, when he kept saying that, how it would have just increased and increased and increased and he would become, listen, he would become more and more persuaded. And you know what happened, family? I did. I got a job at the top software training company in South Africa at the time. I'd never had experience in that field. I was employed. It was amazing. I got the salary that I wanted. But unlike Apostle Theo, I didn't get the car that I desired. And I want to just share that with you. I believe it's such an important point that I need to share with you tonight. Many years after that job, I mean, many other jobs had come and gone. And one day God spoke to my heart years later. And I wasn't even thinking about this, but this is what God said to me. He said, Paul, do you know why you never got the Opal Astra? Because you never continued standing on what you believed that you'd received. When I got the job, it was amazing that I got the job. And, and, you know, for me, I felt like, okay, well, this is the best that God could give me. Now, if you listen to Apostle Theo's testimony, the car that he asked for, they couldn't get that car for him. They got him a better one. So if God can't get the thing that you need or that you desire, he'll give you an even better one. But that's what he shared with me. And then God dropped this in my heart and he said, you know, Abraham, even though Isaac was born, you could not constitute a multitude of people with one person. It was a miracle the way Isaac was conceived. Indeed it was. But that's not where it ended. He continued to be called Abraham. Wherever he went, he was called Abraham. He introduced himself as Abraham. That's what I want to encourage you with tonight. The Bible says, hold fast to your confession of faith without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. If you've only seen part of what it is that you're desiring, you stand fast and you continue to declare what it is that you believe God has done for you, what it is that you believe you received when you prayed and you go through that, okay? And you keep thanking God. And no matter what happens around you, you keep thanking Him. I'm sure that if I were Abraham, there were times when I would have looked at Isaac and thought, Yitta, this is not a multitude. Is that ever gonna happen? I'm sure that must have happened. I mean, the Israelites passed through the Red Sea, didn't they? It was an incredible miracle. And then... Not long after that, they were doubting God again. So that is how it is with human nature, I suppose. But you stand fast to your confession of faith. If you're, if you're following in the notes in our CFC app, and if you don't have the app, I encourage you to get it, the Christian Family Church app. I have the notes of tonight's teaching there. The last page is titled, Practically Unleash Your Faith. Now I wanna encourage you at the end of tonight, you go and look at these notes. 
and you write down what it is. If Jesus walked into your room, into your lounge, wherever it is that you are right now, if he walked in there and said, what do you want from me? You write down what it is that you need from God. You find your scripture. You write that down. And you pray and you believe you receive it the moment you pray and you continue to declare that you have the thing that you have asked God for. And you stand fast and thank him every day and tell people if you need to. Phone people randomly if you need to. Just do that, okay? And I'm telling you now, no, I'm not telling you. This is God's word. You shall have that which you believe you received when you prayed. God bless you. I trust that you've been encouraged. Please don't forget to go to the Practically Unleash Your Faith segment of these notes and, um, and really put it to the test. The three steps to unleash your faith. So easy, folks, and I believe there are many that are already beginning with that. And I trust together with you that you're gonna see great and mighty things in your life in the name of Jesus Christ. I'd like to ask every head to be bowed. If you can, do that at home. If not, it's okay. We're watching uh, from here. But if you have never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that can happen right now. If you've never given your life to the Lord, we can do that right now. We can fix that right now. And so I'd like to make an appeal. If there's anybody out there watching, be it right now or later on, maybe this recording, if you need to give your life to Jesus, if you need to be sure that if you were to die, you would go straight to heaven for the rest of eternity, then I want you to repeat this prayer after me right now, okay? And say these words, but think about the words that you're saying. Say this, say, dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus, your son that was sent for me. I believe that he died on the cross for me and that he was risen from the dead on the third day. I know that he is the son of God. And tonight, I give my life to you. Come into my life and save me. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerantz. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerantz and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com.